Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the New Hampshire Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana, and today we are here with Steve Spain from Grouptopia. How's it going? I almost said it as a joke. Oh, my <laughs> God, I almost said it. Okay. So Not Groupon, <laughs> but Grouptopia. Got it, got it. All right, so let's, let's dive on in, talk about you a little bit, and I want to talk about your business and kind of where it started, how it's grown, grown, grown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, so we're in our eighth year. Uh, we were founded back in 2010. Uh, so I guess it's just kind of a story of New Hampshire just being a big, small town. Uh, so one of our teachers, I don't know if you ever had Mr. Westfall. Yep. Uh, so his first year at Goffstown was my senior year. So we both kind of broke each other in a little bit. And uh, we had a good relationship. I had a good high school experience. So I actually used to just go back to the high school after I graduated and see some of the teachers I liked. Uh, he was one of them. And uh, he mentioned Groupon, uh, what they were doing um, across the country and, and said, hey, um, we might need some help with sales and marketing. Uh, we might have an opportunity where we can take this model and have it just make sense for locally owned businesses in New Hampshire. Uh, so he already had kind of a team forming um, and they need more help with getting this out and bringing on merchants and customers uh, to get it to go uh, and take off. So. Yeah, basically that was, they founded March 2010. I came on July 2010 and I was the last original founder uh, of the company. Um, we basically, when I came on, we had kind of screenshots of what the website was going to look like. We had a, the name and it was all kind of, we had a front end design of what the site was gonna look like. Yeah. Um, one of the original founders uh, was technical, so he was writing all the back end code because you can't really get a template of what our website is. It's, um, you know, it's, we're basically married to the site because it's so customized. It's all written C-sharp.net, very, um, very technical and customized uh, for how we do it. Um, yeah. So basically, our site's completely original. Um, so we, we coded that all out in the summer, and we launched October 2010. Uh, was our first deal um, that was launched, which was uh, XO and Elm, uh, downtown Manchester. Uh, so yeah, the, the business looks a, a lot different uh, than it did uh, in the past or what it is now. But yeah, basically that summer I was out there, uh, Mr. Westfall and I, I had a screenshot of what our website was going to look like. I had this business model that no one had ever heard of, and I was basically just walking into businesses introducing myself, introducing the concept. And uh, we, we brought on, I believe it was 25 businesses before we launched. So we had a nice. backlog of businesses. Yeah, a little bit there. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of how it kicked off. Um, you know, none of us came from this industry. You know, I had a, a finance and marketing kind of background. Um, Tim was a teacher. We had two who had an engineering background and one who had a software engineering background. And that was kind of the, the original team. Uh, so it's uh, pretty cool uh, to see, you know, we're, we're eight years in, you know, most businesses fail after five years, so they say. Um, we all privately financed it. We never took on any debt. Um, we never gave away any equity in the company. So it's been privately held uh, ever since. Um, and now um, the company's actually, it's, it's really just me and the original founder are the, uh, the only people who operate the company. It's just two of us right now. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, okay, so we had mentioned... Hold on, that's right. <laughs> um, it, it's very different than when it started mm -hmm. when we talked about the company itself. So let's kind of break it down into sure. where it's come to now mm -hmm. and then kind of what you do. Sure. Um, so we've had to kind of learn as we go as it was a new model, a new business. Um, so we had to, those first, uh, first year or two, we had to kind of learn 
how to really set up a successful promotion for the businesses, how it made the most sense for them, what kind of businesses it worked with, and then what kind of promotion really got customers excited to, to purchase a voucher yeah. on our site to go in and see that business. Um, when we first started off, you know, we were trying a lot of different types of promotions for different businesses. Um, what we've really learned is there's really a core group of businesses it works for. It's really um, restaurants, it's family attractions, it's salon spas. It's really just things that people want to go out and do fun things here in the state. Um, so that's what we've really focused on um, more recently. Um, there's always some outliers here and there, um, but those first few years we were kind of learning that as we went, as it was a just completely new business model. Yeah. And even what we saw nationally, we kind of took our own spin and we did things differently. You know, we were kind of creating the terms for how things would work as we went. So um, it's much different than what you'd see throughout the country. Um, now versus then, we've done a lot of different web development um, type projects. So like when we first started, we can only run one promotion at a time. Mm -hmm. Right now, we run 45 at a time. Okay. Um, that's how many we have active on the site, but we could run as many as we want. So um, literally, when you went to Cooptopia.com, it would just be XO and Elm. That was available for two days. It ended, and that was it. Right now, I mean, I have... Uh, Lita Lanes, a bowling lane down in Nashua, um, has been on our site over two years straight. Um, so we've, um, you know, we've had hundreds and hundreds of customers have bought through us and gone down there. So every business is a little different, but it's, it's let us be able to work with more businesses uh, concurrently to help get more exposure for them all. So it all really helps. Every time we, we feature a new business on our site, uh, we send an email out to our following and it brings kind of a different group of traffic to our site and all the other businesses on our site kind of benefit from a different group of people um, yeah. looking at the promotion. So it's, it's kind of a cool kind of network effect that happens on the site. Yeah, that is really good. It's, it's, it's nice to be able to spread that love around to yeah. everyone on. And then when you have a loyal following, you know, whether they want the discounts or not, you know, mm -hmm. you can help push business in different directions. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole mission of Cooptopia is to basically promote locally owned businesses, to get people in the area to support local businesses instead of going to the bigger national chains. So we felt a discount could be a mechanism to be able to, you know, if you get a promotion you can't get anyplace else, that's pretty exciting and it's only available for a certain period. You know, for that business, they might be slower in a certain period of the year. So we run a promotion at that point to help get people in to kind of fill that gap for the business. It keeps them busy year round um, by, you know, they're filling their kind of off peak time. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, that's basically how it's worked. So with most businesses we work with, we, we get to know their entire business cycle. We know when they're busy, when they're <laughs> not. So we, you know, for some businesses, we reach out to them. They reach out to us once a year and we run the promotion at that point. Some, it just goes year round. So every business is a little different. So yeah. those are the kind of questions that I ask. I learn about the business when we set up a promotion. So it's, it's very intentional when it's run. So it makes the most sense for them. Okay. So someone comes in, they're kind of looking for help to fill those gaps in their mm -hmm. schedules and stuff. So we you look at them, get them kind of figured out. And then what do you guys do as far as, you know, getting them situated? How does everything work? Plus yeah, uh, great question. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, yeah. We've learned a lot of these lessons over the years, <laughs> what, what to, uh, to do when we structure promotions. So there's kind of a, a few different, um, in terms of the timing, there could be timing over the calendar year. So 
Uh, for a lot of restaurants, July and August can be kind of a slower time for them. January and February can be a slower time for them. So we do a lot of restaurant promotions at that point. A lot of gyms, you know, January is a, a big time to kind of kick off the year. So we'll, we'll do a promotion to kind of kick off the year. Everyone's got those New Year resolutions. Yeah. Um, but with that said, we can also drill down to times of the week, too. A lot of restaurants and inns and resorts, they're busy on the weekend, but Monday through Thursday, they're not as busy. Um, So we can make our promotions valid um, for people to come in at that point. So someone can still support a local business. They can get a discount and, you know, everyone's happy. And they were slower at that point. So we help kind of fill that gap that way, too. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it's um, it kind of works both ways. Um, Some other factors we'll we'll consider uh, are the price points on our site. I can't just necessarily have a, a $50 voucher that you buy for $25 to go into a business. That doesn't necessarily work for the business or the customer. Um, if you go to, you know, so when I, I structure a promotion for a restaurants, for instance, one of my questions is, what is your average ticket price? Um, and we'll frame the promotion around the average ticket price. The goal is we want to be able to get the best possible promotion for the customer, but it needs to make business sense for the merchant. They have food costs they're up against. They, you know, We want to be able to give the customer a great deal, but we want to be able to create the opportunity for it to be profitable and that the customer comes in for the business as well. Um, so when we set up the price points on our site, that's all very intentional, so everyone wins. Yeah. Hmm. I was I was playing something in my head about I don't know if I want to talk about it or not, but you and your bigger um, biggest biggest competitor would be Group yeah Groupon. Mm-hmm. Um, the differences between the two companies. Uh, yeah, if I mean, you, if you're willing to talk about that, some people. Yeah, are, I mean, I, I I've never worked for Groupon. Yeah. I don't know necessarily uh, what their their mission is. Uh, they ran a Super Bowl ad, which I believe cost five million dollars. We're not in a position to pay $5 million for (laughs) a Super Bowl ad, so that's probably a a first starting point. Um, As far as businesses that have run on Groupon versus us, uh, we feel it's a much different experience um, from a lot of the merchants that we talk to. Um, I'd like to say they prefer working with us over Groupon. Mm -hmm. Um, We've kind of made a lot of decisions as a business so that we don't have higher fixed costs, so we don't need to necessarily sell a ton of these vouchers at a high price point and flood that business, you know, we don't want to inundate them with customers. So yeah. when you're a bigger entity like a, a Groupon, a, you know, a national marketplace type business, you're up against bigger numbers. So when you have to sell more vouchers for a business to cover your costs, it's not necessarily in the best interest of the business. Um, I can do um, promotions that are a lot more business friendly that work in their slow times that maybe it's just Monday through Thursday maybe we have a limit of so many that we're going to sell it's truly intended so it makes the most sense for the business so there's a lot of behind the scenes type stuff like not taking on debt you know not like hiring this big staff you know we're not up against that big number every yeah. single month that forces us to sell more vouchers that could hurt the businesses because ultimately we only do business with New Hampshire businesses. So if we don't take care of them, we'll have nobody to work with. Yeah. Where Groupon, here's the entire country. New Hampshire is a very small marketplace for them. They actually, I mean, it's kind of their Boston market. And I think New Hampshire is kind of a, a subsidiary of that mm-hmm. uh, in their marketplace. But to be honest, I don't really follow them all too much anymore. When we were starting off, you know, 
it was like, oh, Groupon has this business. Why aren't they on our site? And, you know, it, we kind of took it personally in a sense. Uh, but, that, yeah. you know, it's it, it's not really a good mentality. You know, it's not really a, a good place to kind of operate your business from. Um, I believe that, you know, kind of just how I, I got involved this business. New Hampshire is a big, small town. And most of the people that buy from our site, you know, a lot of them are business owners as well. And that's how we, we get a lot of our, our inbound promotions are someone uses our site and they reach out and said, hey, I, I think this might be uh, cool to do a promotion for our business. And, you know, we start the conversation from there. So that's really good. Um, that was kind of a work around the question. But I, I guess that's kind of the big difference that we feel at least, you know, it's it's a much because our mission is to support just locally owned businesses in New Hampshire. Um, I, I don't get the impression that Groupon can really say that per se to these businesses. Yeah, that is a big difference. And I have some experience with Groupon because mm -hmm. um, I, I know a lot of businesses. So one difference I will talk about um, a little bit, which is kind of fun, since we're going to talk a little bit about the technical side of what you do. Sure. Is that when someone goes on Groupon, now I will disclaimer this by saying maybe it's not every business. I've never personally done business with them, but mm -hmm. I'll say from what I've seen across the board, it works as <laughs> this is my disclaimer. Um, that someone comes on a site, buys a, say they buy the voucher. Mm -hmm. At that point, the company will not be paid for that unless the person comes in and redeems that voucher. Mm -hmm. So a few friends of mine um, have lots of money sitting out there, but they won't get paid until mm -hmm. someone comes into their store, which sometimes doesn't happen. And then right. that's just money sitting on you know, Groupon's books. Mm -hmm. So, and I've, then from the back end, heard you guys aren't like that. So yeah, so <laughs> I know exactly who your friend is because I spoke with her. Oh, maybe I'll say him to to cover that. But uh, yeah, um, that that is a big difference between how they operate and versus how we operate. And I, I think kind of that philosophy. What I was saying when you have a much bigger expense number that you're up against every month, you have to do things like retaining capital to pay for your bills. And sometimes that comes at the expense of the business. Uh, our promotions, basically every two weeks, we send out direct deposit to all our merchants, regardless of the if the customer came in or not. So um, it's actually, it's kind of a perk for the businesses where um, when you look at just advertising in a nutshell, and this isn't exactly relevant to all different channels, but generally traditional advertising, you pay upfront money for exposure impressions. So the business is taking the risk to pay for that exposure. And then the customers could come in they might, they might not, but that's kind of what the business is risking by paying the upfront money. With our model, the business doesn't pay anything to run our site. They're paying in, by offering a discount. Um, but the customers are actually taking the upfront risk because they're paying for a voucher and they're saying they're, they're pre-committing that I'm going to go to that restaurant in the next 90 days, the next six months, whatever that is. And if they don't come in, the business got paid anyway. So it's it's kind of a, a flip on an advertising model where it's really we wanted to be able to get businesses. I mean, we were born out of kind of that recession. You know, we were started in 2010. A lot of businesses didn't really have a big marketing spend at that point. So um, our message of, hey, we can get your name out to over 100,000 people. It's not going to cost you anything. We're going to pay you the majority of the revenue. And we're going to pay you even if customers come in or not. Um, was pretty valuable to the merchants. Uh, so that's another example of exactly how we, we try to have it make sense for the businesses. Yeah. 
which I think is a good benefit, which is why I wanted to bring it up because mm-hmm. I've seen that really frustrate people. <laughs> and I can understand that. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, they they bought the service and they bought my service. Well, like, why aren't you paying me for it? Mm-hmm. Well, they haven't come in yet. Still. So, I mean, I, I can get that. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, and we'll kind of get into it maybe a little later. <laughs> you know, the other company I'm involved with, we sell on Amazon, and we have stuff that we sold two months ago we haven't been paid for mm-hmm. still you know and that's that's kind of painful you know you, yeah. you sold it and now you're kind of sitting there and you're still operating your business paying your expenses at that point and your kind of capital is being retained uh, for them so yeah. uh, not exactly the terms that I, I, I like the best so I, I feel pretty good in how we we operate Cooptopia so it makes the most sense for businesses yeah and I guess kind of a fun so we're getting into an area that I don't talk about a whole lot on mm-hmm. air which is fun um, that in big companies you see this sometimes with walmart not so much anymore because they're losing control in this area mm-hmm. when they're so big they kind of just dictate to you the terms of the agreement mm-hmm. and they do this with their vendors with everything and oh, crazy. walmart used to do it all the time mm-hmm. like no we'll tell you when we're going to pay you yep. you know you're going to wait a little bit you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so they can push you around they have the power to do so yeah um, not so much anymore but it, it's like that and you see that across the board and it's hard for little companies Right. And one of the big things about the New Hampshire Business Show, I know my big thing is, I say this all the time, I'm like a lot of little companies do not have the purchasing power of Coke. You know? Yeah. They don't have the marketing power. They don't have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I started the show with a direct purpose of giving everyone a level playing field to get their business name out. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm working to build this audience because I want little companies to be able to come on the show and be able to see, like, hey, I can get my name out to hundreds and possibly thousands of people across New Hampshire, mm-hmm. you know, and possibly other places, you know, and get that benefit. Absolutely. So that's why I started what I do here. So I, yeah. we have a very similar feel. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. I mean, it's, it's about promoting locally owned businesses, getting that name out there. Um, the I just heard this morning, like, one of the, the founding definitions, you know, if you break down the word entrepreneurs, kind of creating something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, in a sense with all these small businesses, they are entrepreneurs. You know, there's an entrepreneurship spirit when you're starting a business like that. And if they don't have that purchasing power, that buying power, they really have to have this this great value they create in the marketplace, this differentiating factor. Yeah. And I think that's what's so amazing about these small businesses in New Hampshire. Like I'm I'm a business nerd. I love just kind of <laughs> going and checking out new businesses and how they do things and how they market themselves and what types of foods and products they have. I mean, it's it's fun. I love to travel to different parts of our state and even just different parts of the country where I, I don't know any of the businesses and yeah. just see how they do things. I, I think that's really, really cool. So um, my partner, Mark, and I that, you know, we operate Cooptopia with, that's what we do. We, we sit here and we just talk about businesses all day and we just think of like how we can market them better and we, we think and observe kind of what's going on out in the marketplace and that's that's fun to us. So it, it's pretty cool to be able to, to run a business where, you know, it's, it's, it's a hobby. I, you know, I, I would do it for free. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool to be able to see what's happening in our state and yeah. to kind of be a part of that movement. Yeah. And that's why you know, I had Nick Zaricki on. I, I saw that, yeah. I, I want other politicians, if I can get them on, because mm-hmm. like, I, I like talking business. I mm-hmm. like talking about everything about it. I, another reason I started the show, mm-hmm. um, kind of a, more of a side effect than a reason, is I get to absorb all this information from so many people mm-hmm. about business, and I can help people, and it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Because I, I, I love talking money and business and how mm-hmm. can we grow something from nowhere and... 
yeah change the market change the landscape of new hampshire which is what i'm trying to do in new hampshire you you can do that you know it's something where you know each person seemingly does have a voice there's a reason all the politicians are here for the primaries you know Mm -hmm. people like nick you know it it is a part you know there there seems to be the ability to affect change which is, is really pretty cool you know it's I feel like, there, you know, the whole six degrees of separation, like New Hampshire, it's like two or three. You know, it's like every time you meet someone, they're like, oh, yeah, he was my cousin's uncle's. You know, there's there's always some type of degree. So especially with doing business with small business owners, like it's just I come across that all the time, um, especially, I mean, like you and I, like we were on the wrestling team together in high school. And that's how we know Nick. And I come across it all the time. I'll, I'll, there's some business owner that I, I've done a promotion with. Um, I still ref high school wrestling and I coach, uh, I've coached at the high school and at the Y and I'll see people in the gym that I, you know, I promoted a few years back or something and haven't seen for a while. It's just, there's a lot of overlap, you know, in the state, which is cool. Yeah. I'm trying to get there too. Like I want someone to be like, oh, you know him? Like, yeah, I I know Chris. (laughs) 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 That's like, that's big picture. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you just, it's, it's not even like you have to really look for it in New Hampshire. You just trip across some yeah. type of relationship or dynamic that somehow you, you know each other. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool to, to do business that way. And uh, just it, it kind of it gives you more value in what you're doing. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's almost more accountability, too. Yeah. You know, instead of that kind of that big business feel, you know, the Fortune 500 type businesses, we we do business differently in New Hampshire. You know, it's it's having conversations like this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. And you mentioned it earlier. And the minute you said it, I was like, oh, I heard so much. Um, I didn't <laughs> you're mean talking, that. No, 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 so <laughs> you're talking about New Hampshire just kind of being North Boston. Yeah. Oh, I hate that so much. Like, yeah. There's, you know, there's so much going on here. Like, and sometimes I even have a problem putting into words, like, why I like New Hampshire as much as I do, which is quite odd. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's so much potential for growth and just across the board, even mm-hmm. in such a small place, that, like, we're not North Boston and my goal is to prove that like I right. want New Hampshire to be this huge like player in the market mm-hmm. coming here in the near future and there's yeah. no reason it can't be I mean you see some of the stuff that uh, Dean Kamen's doing downtown Manchester we have this uh, biomedical reengineering yeah some bunch of words I can't pronounce thing <laughs> happening downtown which is cool I remember when I was younger I went on a trip down to Florida and some person asked me uh, where I was from, and I said New Hampshire, and they went, oh, is that a city in, in Massachusetts? And I was just like, no, we're our own state, and Manchester has 110,000 people, and, you know, it's just, yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of funny. We, there's a, a sense of pride in New Hampshire and in, in how we do things, you know, live free or die, you know, it's, uh, it's a, there is, there is a sense of pride, um, when I was in college, I worked on a project called uh, the 55% Initiative, and it was to uh, basically retain 55% of college graduates to stay in New Hampshire and work mm-hmm. here after they graduate. Um, it's still an issue that's growing, um, or not necessarily growing, but it's still an active concern. It's uh, now, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Stay, Work, Play. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what grew out of yeah. the 55% Initiative. So we're, we're about to get into a conversation that, like, I was just playing in my head. I'm like, oh, we're talking about the, about the getting to the same thing, and that's been mm-hmm. happening all night, which is kind of like, <laughs> yep, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, because that's one of my big things. And if you would listen to the conversation I had with someone I did a one to one with earlier, mm-hmm. it's like the exact same thing we're talking about right now, which is super funny because the same concepts come up from other people see it too. Yeah, is that so many people 
like come through the system either at the high school level or college level leave boom they're like boston new york la colorado. just boom colorado yep. is the other big one yeah yep. it's gone and it's like why there's so many you don't need to go to seattle <laughs> <laughs> you can come right here and stay in new hampshire and right we need to create the opportunities here to do that and that's another thing i'm focusing on heavily on the mm. show and my other businesses it's like mm -hmm. to create opportunities and the potential here to do that so what well, we we kind of found in our studies because uh, we saw those same effects that a lot of those people it was kind of that 10-year period after you graduate college that they basically when it came time to start a family they came back to New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, so there was kind of this helicopter effect. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're both family men. I, you know, I have a one-year-old, I have a little boy uh, coming in May. Uh, so making the preparations for that. Um, but, you know, with that said, I, I, don't, I couldn't picture raising our kids anyplace else. You know, just, I feel like where we're at, it's just, it's, you have a lot of the benefits and we don't have a lot of the issues that some other areas of the country have. Yeah. I mean, I'm extremely biased because that's where I've lived all my <laughs> life, but uh, I've gone on trips other places and didn't like some things. So, but, uh, you know, that's, I think that's, there's a great passion and pride about people who, I feel like live here, grew up here, and we take pride in, in how we do things, how we do business and, you know, the groups and just living in this area. Yeah, and I agree. And, again, bias, you know, you point that out. Yeah, of course, we, we grew up in this area, so of course we like it. Um, sometimes I'm like, maybe that's why I like it so much, but it just feels like there's more to it. Mm. Um, there's, but a, there's a quote on this. The, the people that grew up here are lucky. The people that moved here are smart. I think, I like, that's, I, I think I've heard that before. I like that. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, there are problems. Like, kind of outside of the scope of what we're talking about when we mm -hmm. come to drugs and heroin being the the big one that really stands out the most mm -hmm. nationwide. Sure. <laughs> a, moving to better opportunities and kind of helping the businesses in the state, which is kind of rolling back into the conversation we are having where we help businesses out. Sure. That's kind of what we can do to focus on that issue mm -hmm. is when there's less of the money struggles and when you can really help the economy it kind of helps kind of shed away some of that other stuff yeah um and then some other things need to be addressed but generally i think helping the businesses out would it goes a long way to helping the drug problems which is where right. i'm focusing a lot of my attention yeah absolutely i mean it's uh, when there's more prosperity in a an area tends to kind of weed out some of the, the issues with you yeah. know, maybe drug issues or poverty or those types yeah. of things. So um, by businesses being successful, um, it kind of creates an environment where people's, you know, basic needs are covered and, and then some, and it kind of creates more jobs and um, opportunity for more people. So um, the ecosystem in New Hampshire is probably smaller than other states, but each piece has a, a bigger part of it. So it's, it's cool that... Uh, when you do something like this show, you know, you can step right into a, a marketplace with the show and, and have a lot of value right off the bat. Yeah. Um, just because it's there's it's an easier accessibility. I feel you have with, with businesses and uh, with getting your name out there. And, and just we live in the technological revolution. Like the fact yeah. that we're sitting here in this room and, you know, we're broadcasting this out. And, you know, it's just. <laughs> When we were back in high school, I don't think I would have pictured being able to do some stuff like this. So no, it's, no. It's, like, uh, it's great. Like, I'm moving to the point where I want to do these live, mm -hmm. which would be it's a whole nother. I need to make sure the Internet's good and all this stuff. But 
But I, you're right. Like, you could literally sit there instead of just watching TV because YouTube wasn't even a really big player back then. Right. Um, Facebook was on its starts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was still like MySpace. Who would right. think that we could sit here in a room, have a, a really in-depth conversation about business and problems facing businesses and stuff, mm-hmm. and people can watch that live from anywhere. Right. <laughs> like I mean, you don't need a TV awesome. station anymore. You literally can take your phone and just hit the button, and it's broadcasting live, mm-hmm. and now you're a live broadcast. Yeah. You know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And with all, with all the good that comes from that, there are some bad. This is mm-hmm. a perfect segue into what we were going to talk about, <laughs> which is I did that on purpose. Um, I would like to You're take good. that. You're I good. would like to take that, you know, credit. <laughs> so let's <laughs> talk uh, briefly about this, the other product you kind of brought up. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So I also got involved with a company called Simply Protected uh, this past summer. Uh, another kind of New Hampshire small business, you know, one degree of separation kind of story. Uh, so Cooptopia, we are um, designing an app. Um, so that's kind of in beta phase. Um, the guy designing our app coaches my partner Mark's daughter's soccer team mm-hmm. um, had Simply Protected. So Simply Protected is a, a wireless router that filters the internet for kids so they can't get into any bad content. Um, just like you're saying with a beautiful segue, you know, with all these beautiful, amazing things happening in the world, there's equal and opposite bad things that we can get into. And with the internet and the high speed internet and smartphones and iPads, um, kids can kind of trip across this stuff unknowingly. And, you know, the way they saw the world can be completely shifted in just one quick website view, which is a scary thing. Um, You know, it's so we, um, basically um, started the company because the original founder, um, my partner Aaron, his daughter kind of came across some type of site, was uncomfortable, and uh, with his technical background, he basically um, created this way to basically um, sync a router um, with a back-end system that's constantly growing, adding, and expanding to block more bad websites um, and content that kids could get into. So our router is really intended for kids before they get a cell phone. Um, so from whatever age they start kind of playing around with your phone, I, I know I had to add a lock key uh, thing on my phone because my daughter's one, and she it's amazing how quickly they, they pick it up, you know, yeah. flicking through pictures and everything. And she almost was calling 911 a couple of times. So I, I put that, uh, you know, the key in there, the fingerprint thing. Um, but basically from that point until they're, you know, for some parents, it might be 10 years old, it might be 13 years old, whatever point that is that if they're comfortable giving them a smartphone. But that was the idea. We wanted to basically uh, create a router um, that basically what you do is you set that up in your house, um, the parents still have their existing router, so you can access everything that you would. You basically just connect the kids to the Simply Protected router, and now everything that they're going to access is completely filtered. So, um, and in the age where you know the, we're kind of just learning as we go with the you know the the advancement of high speed internet and everything, uh, you know these last probably 15 years or so, it's really been around, but. Um, you know, how that exactly, there's not really a tangibility there for it, you know, where if you're gone at work, if you're out commuting, whatever that might be, you know, your kids could be getting into something that you don't see, you know, when they go to bed at night, you know, they might have an iPad with them and, you know, they could be up for another hour or so when you're asleep in the other room, not unknowingly, 
what they're doing, you know. Yeah. So that's um, that's really what we created it for. Um, so that business um, is newer. Um, we, you know, they it's been a, about a year and a half uh, since it was started. Um, we're still very much in the early startup phase. Um, we sell it on Amazon. Uh, we have our own website, simplyprotected.com. Um, but that's uh, it's pretty exciting to see how that's growing. We're basically adding in new features every day. Um, we're updating our app uh, to basically, if there's any website or content that you want to block, you can just add it in there. Um, we're basically we're adding we're categorizing everything. So if you want to allow your kids to be able to go on to Facebook for a certain period, you could turn it on, and then when you want them not to be on Facebook anymore, you could just from your app hit the button off and now they can't go on Facebook. Um, hmm. Puts YouTube in the safe search mode. Um, I know I have a nephew that it's amazing. He just, he, he watches like toy reviews Yeah. and he'll just sit there and he's, he's watching all these, these videos and they, the, it's incredible how easily they, they pick up and learn and navigate things like YouTube. Mm -hmm. And again, you can, there's, there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube, but there's a lot of stuff you don't necessarily yeah. want your kids getting into as well. Um, so our, our router basically automatically puts YouTube and Google uh, and Bing into safe search mode so they can't come across whatever they might uh, in those kind of open forum kind of searches. Yeah, which is good because as you were saying, there's technology is fantastic. It lets us do things that like, even a decade ago or two we, we never would have imagined. <laughs> right. Like, Skyping directly from your phone, like that's some sci-fi stuff you got going on, you know? Mm -hmm. And but yeah, there's a... As quickly as it advances, it's very easy to you know, step over that line and like, how do we protect the children without completely sheltering them in a way that is a little unrealistic, you know? Right. So it's like, how do we do this? How do we play with this? And even adults are still having these questions about is AI good or bad? And you know, right. we're advancing so fast that we just, who knows, right? right? How much damage are we doing to ourselves with everything we've got? Yeah, what so. are the long-term effects of a lot of these, you know, technological advancements that just completely just intertwine into our lives? I mean, I'm becoming more and more dependent on my phone just to remember things. You know, if my my wife asks me to remind her about something, I just say, "Honey, just we just got to set the reminder on your phone," and I, I just I'll put it a reminder on my phone right away because I just know I'm probably gonna forget, but my phone won't. So yeah. it's like. It's, it's more and more becoming an extension of how we think and how we look at problems and how we research things. I mean, you don't necessarily need to memorize directions or addresses mm -hmm. or, you know, any type of fact. It's all just one Google search away. So yeah. it's, uh, it's really an interesting time, and it's only going to keep building momentum and accelerating faster and further. So Yeah, and it's funny. This is a little off topic, but do you know Edward de Bono? No, I don't think so. Um, very good author. Um, he talks Aaron Edward DeBono. Okay, no. Um, I'll, I'll link to it in the notes for everyone as well. Okay. Um, he has these couple of books that are phenomenal, like mm -hmm. Lateral Thinking and then like the Nine Thinking, Six Thinking Caps. And he's very critical on thinking and how we uh, process things. Mm -hmm. He says, we're incredibly lazy. Um, he's like, the first thing you do, essentially, is you have a problem. You're just like, uh, I'm going to go look it up somewhere now. It's like, I'm just going to Google the damn problem, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like, it's incredibly lazy. So instead of stopping and really thinking about issues and we just go Google it and we take someone else's answer and oh, here we go and we're mm -hmm. done. So, <laughs> I mean, there are benefits to doing it quickly. And there's also a lot of bad side effects that are 
you kind of see in society because we're not really breaking down problems and thinking about them on a intellectual level. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a great book if you ever want to take Yeah, a I'm actually really <laughs> interested in that. Uh, it reminds me, I, I, there was this pretty in-depth article, I forget who did it, but I believe the title was called, Is Google Making Us Dumber? Yeah. And uh, that was basically, it was like one concept I got from that, um, that research article was that our, our brain, it, it is a muscle and, you know, it's, there's, when you sit there and you think like, what was the name of that teacher I had in high school? And now instead of just jumping right to Google, if you kind of lean in and sit there and kind of think for a sec and kind of like picture their face and you, you start kind of going back to it, like that ability right there is like a muscle and you have to keep kind of working that out and yeah. to strengthen it. And the, the technological advancements have kind of taken that away. So we're, we're ceasing that ability to do some of those things, which yeah. is, uh, I'm not too sure what that's going to be like over the long term for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're getting really into technology, which I love too, but, um, little this is a business, business show, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it will be business related down the road. These issues will impact us. Um, but yeah, Edward, Edward de Bono talks about these things mm -hmm. and we think lazily and that has lasting, you know, implications on us. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you say? Yeah. And then eventually you're right. Like I was, I was, I was watching the interview and there was a gentleman on there talking about interfacing AI into your brain. So you're again a few years down the road with this one. Right. We're talking about massively increasing your intelligence by augmenting it with a machine. Right. So you know, as sci-fi as that sounds, it's, it's probably you know, a lot like closer. It's probably head. a lot closer than we think it is. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Like, how do we think and come up with cool ideas if we just have everything you ever want to know pumped in the back of your brain? Right. Do you become stagnant? Do we continue? It's a, so it's, it's, it's a fun conversation, but it's one that needs to be kind of looked at a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> you're kind of you're hitting on a concept um, when you look at um, books like The One Thing. Mm -hmm. um, we live in this age right now where there's so much information and there's so much opportunity and there's so many choices that you could make. And then the it's there's there's an overwhelming amount of information that it's hard to make decisions. It's hard to act. You know, it's hard to pick what you want to do. Um, so being able to, you know, hyper focus on what you want to focus your time on and, and what decisions you want to make and, and how to actually, you know, qualify information. Does it have good sources? You know, where did this information come from? Did someone just write a tweet or some blog post without any data or out any sources? And are you going to make decisions based on that? I mean, those are the kind of questions as consumers, as individuals, as business owners that we're continually just getting inundated with all this information. And like, how do you focus your attention? How do you make decisions with all that? Yeah. It's really and, interesting. And back to what you were saying about um, simply protected children, mm -hmm. pumping that type of information into kids probably isn't a good idea as well. Right. Which is my biggest thing with why I won't let my daughter, you know, generally I try to keep them offline. I like to send them outside to like, Mm -hmm. There'll be many humans outside, but I don't want them rolling around on Facebook because I know what my Facebook account looks like. Mm -hmm. I don't want I don't want them being on there with all of the political discussions, all of the negativity, just constantly pounding at them. Mm -hmm. I don't want that for them. So right. it's like all that information is good, but you know, do you really want 
you know, your nine, ten year old worried so much about, you know, politics and all these adult things. Mm. You want them going outside using their imaginations and playing games and Yeah. And so. it's it's kinda we were kinda talking about that, that line that you walk. You, you you want them to be able to get the good from the internet and the good mm-hmm. from, you know, the advancement in technology and that's why we felt we'd create a filter. You yeah. know, so it's like it it filters out all the stuff that you're concerned your kids are going to get into. But we all have different opinions of, of what that is, too. So that's why we're working on developing new features so you can kind of pick and choose what you want your kids to have access to. You might have a 10-year-old who you're okay with having access to certain websites. You might have a 6-year-old that you're not comfortable with some things. So um, we're actually um, continually making the product better. So. Once you have that router purchased and it's installed, um, our app talks to the router. So any new features that we create and change, um, just update on your router level. So um, it's it's really a pretty cool service that's yeah. just going to keep getting better. Cool. Oh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> this will be fun. So talking about um, Cooptopia, mm-hmm. you had mentioned earlier how th- one of the big differences between Cooptopia and Groupon is that they'll just kind of as many people as they can. Mm-hmm. And kind of how that bogs down businesses yeah so this is funny because you got that kind of running with simply protected where it is a brand new company yep where if you had if this, say tomorrow it picks up and they're like everyone in the country wants a simply protected you know mm. system could the company even you know support that much demand all of a sudden mm. so kind of going back to supporting the business and we talked about this very briefly earlier Yes, businesses might want like who want all the all the customers and all the money. Can your systems really handle the the sudden inflow of hundreds of thousands of people? Right, and that's a, that's a question that should be asked when you're when you're marketing and promoting. Like, what mm-hmm. are you looking for? Right, what are your goals? You yeah. know, I mean, do you have the support? Do you have the staff to be able to handle the potential uh, support questions that could come up? Uh, what type of service do you want to offer the customers? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, with Cooptopia, it's very much a New Hampshire model. We're simply protected. We're a New Hampshire company, but we're selling it nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Um, I actually, to, to kind of hit all, on all of this, I had a conversation on Skype uh, two weeks ago with a guy who owns a tech company in um, Kenya, mm-hmm. um, which was crazy. I've never had any type of business conversation with anyone in Kenya, um, but he basically wanted to, um, basically, he felt that our product would be very valuable in his marketplace. Uh, so um, that's something that we're kind of exploring right now. Uh, we we sent him a, a prototype router with uh, the UK adapter, uh, so he should be getting that actually today. Uh, so we'll kind of see where that goes. Um, but to kind of answer your question, you know, right now we are kind of in the the prototype phase. We we started um, with a few hundred routers um, that we're we're getting out into the marketplace. Um, we've had really good experience um, from all our customers. We haven't really had too much negative feedback. Anything we do get, we're constantly kind of changing and adapting yeah. with. Um, and then from there, once you know, it's kind of like any business de- decision you make. You have to kind of prove the concept by you know getting it out there and seeing what happens. Uh, so for us. If we were to get all those orders and everything, we would have to manufacture more routers. Yeah. You know, we're still kind of in, it it takes time. Um, So that's something that we'll have to uh, address. That would be a great problem to have. Uh, We certainly appreciate (laughs) that. So go to (laughs) simplyprotected.com. But yeah, it's, um, you know, that's something where, uh, you know, Amazon's been really the main place. We've been selling it. 
Amazon in itself is just, you know, the way that they're changing business, you know, it's, it's incredible how you literally don't have to design a website, you don't really have to have any type of manufacturing background, product design, you could have your entire business be solely on Amazon. um, And a lot of people do that. Um, So uh, it's it's pretty cool how we've been able to benefit from that. Um, But yeah, we're basically, um, that would be a great problem to have if uh, we had all this crazy demand for it. We're um, going at a pace right now where it's giving us enough time to address anything that does come up. We can make changes as we go. Um, And we're, the feedback we are getting um, is letting us explore moving into potentially new product ideas to accompany the existing internet yeah. filter, um, which is pretty cool. Um, so that could be uh, a little bit down the road too. Awesome, awesome! Thank you so much for today. We're hitting that hour point. I'm like, wow, this is this is holy our, cow! Yeah, this has been a pretty good conversation. <laughs> a little off track in a little bit, but we we'll always bring it back. Yep, bring, it, bring back. it back. <laughs> so, how do people? Um, find you, reach out to you, learn more. Yeah, uh, so Cooptopia.com um, is our main site. That's C-O-U-P-T-O-P-I-A. Uh, we get a lot of variations of how people spell it sometimes. Uh, so the main way people get our promotions, they join our email uh, list. We send out six emails a week, Monday through Saturday. Each day we feature a new deal um, for the new businesses. So uh, most people um, see our deals that way. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're on all that stuff. Um, same thing with Simply Protected. Um, Simply is spelled with an I at the end, uh, so it's S-I-M-P-L-I protected.com. Um, same thing, we're on Facebook and Twitter. We're not on Instagram on that. I uh, should probably do that. Um, but uh, Amazon or just our websites, how uh, you can see our stuff for Simply Protected. So uh, we're out there. We're just uh, looking to promote locally businesses for uh, Cooptopia and looking to help protect kids with Simply Protected. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. It's Thanks always fun. Me. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, uh, so until next time, everyone, be good. Have a good weekend.